With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello. Hello. And welcome in to another episode of Farm to Fame. Kelsey Wingert, Peter Moylan, Maddie Mass. Here with you today is our is our crew. That's always the crew. I'm representing the KBO today. Oh, do you feel the sticky on it? KBO baseball. It does feel like no. There's no Apparently sticky not. on this at all. <laughs> what a way to start the pod! Welcome everybody. I have a new uh, mic arm, so you might see me moving around a oh, lot. Just is that Elgato? Oh, what? Is that Elgato? What? Is that El what? For real, this isn't even an ad. Was it easy to install? Kelsey. This legitimately isn't an ad. This is a genuine no, conversation. This is le- okay, so hold on. Let me fix my camera. Did you install it? Oh, it's one. It's not even an install. It's like it just, ad- it just attaches to the bottom of my desk. So I'm not, I may look like I can fix things just for my general appearance. I may look like a mm. plumber. To most people. I'm sorry. You don't really like give that off. Don't I? No. Because <laughs> that's the vibe that I thought that I was giving off. Like uh, brawny paper towel. Like... I wouldn't like look at you and be like, he could build me a table. I would look no. at you and say his wife could probably build me a table. <laughs> his, wife, his wife could build the table and I can see him dancing on the table, but yes. I don't see him doing anything. I can anything... see Mandy doing all of that. Right. Okay, uh, well, let's just talk about that arm handle later. I don't even know if I'd have room for it in my little two foot two. You would if you moved out of the suburbs, Kelsey. I keep Thanks, telling you this. There's you. plenty of houses and plenty of room in houses in the suburbs out here. This rose, thanks for asking. This rose is my championship rose from winning front yard games at the John Boy Media All Star Denver trip 2021. Team dugout mugs. Team Loop was the best team by far and it Me. was a rigged event obviously not because who has the fake rose that we just really went so many different um places in there i don't even understand Hello. exactly what just happened is everybody good though i know we got to talk baseball but like everybody sick okay i'm so good uh, maddie you didn't have this um as something listed but oh she's gone off script I thought Peter would have an opinion on what happened with the fair ball bracelets, uh, the minor leaguers from the Phillies and the Mets. I don't even know what you're talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about, Maddie? No. Oh. Wow, this is this is going great. Sick. Okay. So there are minor leaguers from the Phillies and the Mets that wore teal wristbands for their game okay. on Saturday. The big leaguers did it too. Oh, I didn't even know that. Um, but it said fair ball and 
like their statement to ex- explain exactly what they're going for to the athletic from players of both teams. It said minor league players have been severely underpaid and silenced for decades. Today, we are wearing hashtag fair ball wristbands to show our solidarity with every fan and ally who is working to change that. We love the game of baseball, but it needs to evolve. It is time for every minor leaguer to be paid a living wage. It was the big leaguers who were doing it. It wasn't the minor leaguers. It was the big leaguers who were wearing it. No, there were definitely players. I mean, maybe there were also big league players, but like the story in the athletic is definitely about Phillies and Mets minor leaguers wearing it in their game. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that's even made it to the big league level because they talked about it on Sunday Night Baseball last night. Oh, that's awesome. I did not see that last night. Mm. Well, maybe some of the big leaguers are wearing them now, you know? Well, I hope they do because it's not even, it's not even a a subject that needs to, to have a debate. It's, it's, they are getting paid subhuman levels to play baseball. Mm-hmm. And the justification of, well, you've got the choice to play baseball or not. Yeah, that's fine. But don't you want to have those people that make the choice to have a living wage, have, a, have a, 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 an ability to at least think about having a family? We've seen these guys that, that you know, the Josh Smiths of the, of the world, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. The Josh Smith and his wife, the way that they approach this thing is amazing, right? They have a positive attitude. It's a journey. I get it. But there's a lot of people that are in their mid-20s and are still playing minor league baseball. And this is all they have right now. They've given up on college. They've given up on whatever jobs they might have had coming out of high school. And they decided to go this route. So now you just say, well, you chose to play baseball, so you don't get to make a living. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't make sense. It's there for our entertainment. People go and pay money to go and watch these people play. I know minor league baseball doesn't make the money that big league baseball do, but it should funnel down. Be the better people and funnel some of that cash that you're sitting on down to the people that need it most. Yeah. It's not that hard. It's not that hard in life. It's not just baseball conversation. Let's be honest, but go, go ahead. I mean, we just, when they cut out 40 teams this year. Right. And with that you would imagine that there was a lot of money freed up and then they're going to argue that they did give the players a little bit of a raise but it's still just it's not livable with with the raises when you're only getting paid five months a year these low raises i mean you're still making like 10 to 15 for Mm. some of these guys and then there was in the athletic article i really liked this comparison because they compared it to other leagues which really put things into perspective so they looked at the nba's g league the players formed a union last year, but their minimum salary, it's still low. It's $35,000, but that it's is livable. like definitely livable. And their housing is covered, which is a whole different. So oh. now your housing is covered and you're making $35,000. That's, you know, we can work with that. Um, and the AHL, the, the National Hockey League minor league, their housing is not included, but they the minimum salary for last season for 2021 was $51,000. I know still like there are other jobs they can go out there and make more money, but this is, I mean, we're not asking for these minor leaguers to be paid 75, $100,000, even though that would be nice for them, but make it mm. livable, you know, right. make it fair. So the issue that I have with it too, is that it's like, well, you're getting paid to play a game. Yes, we are. Well, get a job in the off season. Okay. Well, there's guys that have done it. So the issue is always going to be, and they're going to point to the fact, well, you know, it's been this way. And this is my, I, if I could put a saying in a grave today, mm. it would be, it's the way we've always done it. It's like, it, it, it doesn't even like, okay, why? 
you can't just dismiss people by saying it's the way we've always done it. Like it's, it, it doesn't make any sense. Explain to me why we've always done it this way and explain to me how you can t- continue to justify that it's still the right thing to do. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get it. And I, I it's, look, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, just a look into really society in general, not to go too deep on, on this podcast, but it is a problem not just in baseball, it's a problem everywhere. Like it's, it's, it's the people that have versus the people that have nots and it's, it sucks. And the, those people that fight and try to justify keeping the wages this way are scum of the earth. All right, Peter Moylan, everyone. Welcome. He's on one today. I'm on one today, guys. It's been a long week. We discovered that as we were getting ready to start recording. Um, I think he's ranted about every subject that I've brought up today. I feel, I feel like I should turn it around. My whole thing is positivity. Should I turn it around a little bit? No, because we have. I'm talking about. I'm talking about an issue that needs to change, though. I'm yeah. talking about if it was to change, it would be a positive effect. So, I may have to get a little a little ranty every now and then. But if it changes. Okay. You know, we are all on team Fairball. Yes, we are. That was a long segment for something that I didn't know we were going to talk about. Yeah. And we still have three other things that we want to hit. And I'm going to let okay. you hit this one because Mark Capel, Oof. 1-1-2013, drafted by the Astros. Yes. Um, Peter yes. knows him, has spoken to him this week. He sent out a series yes. of tweets. Yes. I'll let you take it from here. Mark Capel was, in his own Twitter bio, named the biggest flop or the biggest um what was it disappointment Bust. sure all three words work but yours sounded better that's what i was looking for he was the biggest bust in major league baseball history i was in spring training with him the year after he got drafted in 2014 with the astros and it was different you know the attention was different on him his bullpen sessions were different there was crowds around a typical regular spring bullpen session which is something that you know i wasn't used to especially if, if it was a smoltz or a glavin or a maddox sure but this is mark appell and he was one of the best people that i've had the pleasure of meeting and we just hit it off he's very religious and I, he was young and i was old and it was just like opposites attract kind of thing and we just we would chat and we would talk and and then he kind of Everybody knows the everyone knows the story of what happened. And um, can you give us one sentence of what happened, just for people who don't know what happened? He just couldn't figure it out. Like he 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 kept getting getting pushed up and up and up, and and the stuff was always there, and it was just he couldn't get guys, and the numbers were always terrible in the year, and he was frustrated. And in one of the tweets, he actually shows a photo of what happened after a bad game. Mm-hmm. Um, and he absolutely destroyed a wooden locker that was right next to him with, with what looked like multiple punches. punches. Um, and that's not something that you'd, I had ever, ever thought that I'd ever seen from someone like Mark Appel. The character didn't fit. It was just, it was just way off of anything that I'd expected to see. And um, the fact that he's been able, especially now, to be able to just jump back onto Twitter, which is the worst website in the world that I'm completely addicted to. But he jumps on there and he goes on a Twitter thread for the ages, right? And I'm just, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to break it down. There's 11 tweets and I'm just going to give you the titles of them. So he starts it off with, a, with a, 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 something at the top and then he breaks down what he's talking about. So if you want to go and have a look at it, go have a look at it. But these are the titles and it's incredible. Number one, talent finds a way. Don't worry about who's watching. Number two, Tell someone you believe in them. It goes a long way. 
Number three, opportunity comes when you least expect it. Be ready. Number four, it's your career. You can always say no. I want to touch back on that one in a little bit. Number five, know your priorities. Number six, you can be content without being complacent. Oh my God, this is like, someone should get this tattooed on their face. Number seven, it's okay not to be okay. We've heard that one a lot. Number eight, regularly assess your reality and redefine your wins. Let me get that to you again. Regularly assess your reality and redefine your wins. Number nine, don't be afraid to take a break. Number 10, relationships are everything. Number 11, keep a long perspective. You want to talk about a guy who has gone away and taken, you know, taken a look at, at, at himself and, and really, I guess, looked inside himself to find himself and come back. And that's a guy that I feel like knows where he's heading and knows how he's going to do it. And if there is someone who's in control of their life, Mark seems to be that guy. It was a really, really good thread. And, and like Peter listed, those were the 11 things that he just listed off were like the first sentence of the tweet. And then in the second mm. sentence of the tweet, he would explain like why that was an important lesson for him to learn yes. in this journey. Um, but I, I mean, I saw y'all were tweeting back and forth after it. You said that you've yeah. had some conversations with him, but it's just like, I feel like when I'm reporting for a team, my job is I get this unique perspective of being able to see you guys as people and players, whereas fans just see you guys as players, as athletes. Yeah. So I feel like my job as the reporter is to give fans insight into the person that is Peter Moylan or into the person that right. is Mark Appel. But that shouldn't be what turns people's opinions. People should look at players as humans first. It shouldn't take your yeah. stories to go, oh, actually they're humans. Yeah. Tuku Toussaint lost his dad this week. People are dealing with stuff all the time that you have no fucking idea about. And this yeah. isn't just baseball players. This is human beings. So before you send out your mean tweet that's going to really stick it to the player, I promised you he's not going to give a shit about what you say. And you're just going to look like an asshole. Well, and also, like, I've never understood when, when people get on Twitter and start tweeting at the players. Like, do you think, do you honestly think that there's anybody more upset in the world about a player's performance other than the player. Like that's his life. That's his career. Like I just don't, it's just a weird, I've never right. understood that. And I've always been super protective of the players because, you know, because I, I, I know you guys. So it's, I take it even more personally, but yeah, I mean, when people, people just forget that y'all are, no, they don't forget. They do it on too. purpose. They don't, they don't forget. People are, people don't want to, People don't want to look at themselves. People don't don't self-evaluate ever. Mm -hmm. They just self-awareness. They, they just go and they just throw it out there and they're like, oh, and they're just oblivious to what an actual prick slash asshole slash douchebag slash zero respect earned that they are doing by just sitting there and doing it. It's it's Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I just want to go on this fucking issue forever and ever and ever, Kelsey. I swear to God. I and mean, you can cut this out, Maddie, but like this is literally what's wrong with our planet right now is that everybody thinks that their opinion matters and everybody thinks that what they say is the be all and end all. No one listens to anybody anymore, ever. Ever. It's fucking brutal. Yeah. So anyway, let's get back to baseball, shall we? Okay. Yeah. So that's Mark Appel. Uh, yeah. third, third thing quickly in our opener, if you've been on Twitter, you know that we tape on Mondays. It is Shane Baz Day today. Um, he is the Rays' top prospect. He is MLB's 20th overall prospect. And he is making his Major League debut tonight 
versus the Toronto Blue Jays. Good luck. He was the third piece acquired in the Chris Archer trade. And the mm. other two pieces were Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now. Pretty big trade, which has worked out pretty dang well for the Rays, uh, besides Tyler being hurt. But um, yeah, so he's making his debut for the Rays tonight. Uh, minor league numbers on the season, 206 ERA. Is this right? I have 78 innings pitched, 78 and two thirds. That's all he's pitched. He played in the Olympics. Oh yeah. Ah. Yeah. Um, so that'll be exciting for the Rays. The Rays are the best team in the American league and they're, uh, they're a math equation mm. that none of us will ever understand. But they went with the World Series. So, I mean, it's just, I don't under, I can't Jake, I was listening. I'm so behind on talking baseball again. And I was listening to an episode that's probably from three weeks ago. And um, Jake was like, I don't even want them to have like label their pitchers as like starters or relievers. Like they're all just pitchers to me. Like I don't consider any of them to be in either category. And I was like, I understand that. Like I felt that, mm. you know? Um, okay. Does anybody have anything to say about Shane Baz? No, I have something to say about the way the Rays play baseball. I think that's the way, I think that's the future. I, th I don't think we will have labels on pitchers anymore. I think you're just going to have guys that come in and that's their job to throw. You go as long as you're told to. Everyone's going to go multiple innings. Everybody's going to, no one's going to go six and seven anymore. It's just going to be two and threes at a time. Everybody. That's interesting. Mm. Okay. It just allows for more, because you can't play the matchups anymore, it just allows for, allow, it probably allows for less arms out there that can do the jobs of, because of, you can rely on guys to go. And especially when the no DH comes in too, Kelsey, you got to, yeah, but if you're saying that it would essentially be a bullpen game every day, like. Not a bullpen game every day. You'll probably have someone that's obviously lined up to start that game, but it may not be your Scherzer's or, I don't know. I could be talking out of my bum. I may, I, it may just be that there could be the starters and then every reliever is going to be of the same mold. Yeah. Every reliever is going to be a multi-inning guy, which is kind of where we're going now because you've got to face three batters. But I hope we do keep starters, obviously, because I think it's, the way the game is played, it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Um, our final thing to talk about in our opener, let's all please give a round of applause to Peter Moylan's Kansas City Royals. Can I lead this off? Yeah. Oh, Maddie. Yeah. Jump in, Maddie. I need both of your opinions because I don't know if this, what Kelsey will say, is just... Who cares? It's just a cool trivia night in five years. Or if this is like, okay, the Royals are set up for the future. Maddie Masleyan off, Kelsey Wingert, batting in the two hole today. Uh, the 2021 Royals will or have become? Have. Have become the first team to have five pitchers from the same draft class start a game in the same season for the team that drafted them. So there were five 2018 Royal draftees who started a game this season. Brady Singer, wow. Jackson Kowar, Daniel Lynch, Chris Bubik, Bubik, and John Heasley. Brady Singer, Jackson Kowar, Daniel Lynch, those are names we've been hearing all season. Correct. Like they've been contributing all, all year. But yeah, so. And their bats, let's look at their bats just set up real quick. They have the best bats in the minor leagues. None of them, I don't think, started in AAA this season. They've all marched their way up. March. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, how many guys do they have that have over 30 homers? Like three or four. Yeah. 
Melendez and Bobby Witt and Prado. Salvi. Oh, we're talking about minor leagues. Salvi's oh. going to hit 50, by the way. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> okay, that's incorrect. And do you know what's funny about this whole, we're talking about the Royal system. When I was there in 16, 17, 17, they, Dayton didn't sell. Right. And the whole talk was, mm-hmm. well, you know, it was just because they had Locaine, they had Mustakas, they had Hosmer, they had, you know, all the guys that were going to become free agents. And he kept, he held on to them. And the talk was they've done themselves for, for years now and their minor league system will never recover. <laughs> uh, Dayton Moore. Dayton <laughs> Wasn't Moore. Dayton Moore just promoted too? How did he get promoted more? Was he owner now? Hmm. I'm pretty sure that he was promoted this week. Three days later. The Royals promoted general manager Dayton Moore to president of baseball operations and elevated longtime assistant GM JJ Piccolo yes, to fill to his previous role in a front office shakeup Tuesday that promises a seamless path for the rebuilding organization. Is Jin Wong still there? Um, this is an ESPN article, by the way. Um, it just says Moore, who has been general manager since 2006, will continue to have final say on trades and other roster moves, but Piccolo will have a greater voice in the room when it comes to putting together the team. Wow. So anyway, that was random. Let's dive on in. Let's dive on in into our rookie of the year watch, which we haven't done in two weeks. So we have a lot to update you on. Uh, not according to Maddie, but we'll get into that. <laughs> and uh, our National League candidates are brought to you by Roman. So no one is perfect. No organization is perfect. No player is perfect. And it's okay if you're not perfect. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, that is totally okay. But if it bothers you, there are options. So you can go to getroman.com slash fame now where you'll get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ed all from the comfort and privacy of your own home you're going to work with a u.s licensed healthcare professional who's will help you find the best treatment plan for you um it's all straightforward and very discreet so if you want to get started you can go to getroman.com fame and complete an online visit you can take care of your ed without leaving home complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it GetRoman.com slash fame, you'll get $15 off your first month. And that gets us into our National League Rookie of the Year watch, starting out with the favorite. That is Jonathan India. Hold on, who's favorite? Let's not start throwing My the favorite. favorite out there, okay? And he got checked Ooh. by Corey Seeger on Sunday. Absolutely checked. Did you check on him? On Jonathan India? Yeah, I mean, that's at least deserves a, a UOK tweet. He's fine. He's fine. Okay. Turned around and went. He's made out of steel. I read on Twitter that he became yeah. the first rookie in MLB history to have at least 20 home runs, 20 hit by pitches, and 10 stolen bases in the same season. This dude is an OBP machine. Right. Just not to look, not to downplay the importance of those stats that you just gave me, but have you ever seen Mr. Baseball? No. Mr. Baseball is a wonderful baseball story with Tom Selleck. When he goes to Japan, he gets traded from the Dodgers to Japan and he doesn't accept it very well. Right. Okay. But I don't know where I'm going with the story. I'm sure it was going to be great. What were you just talking about? Jog my memory again. And home runs, hit by pitches, stolen bases, first rookie in MLB history. So in part of the scene in that movie, 
was he goes in to justify why he shouldn't get traded by saying, I led this team in ninth inning doubles in the month of August and you're going to trade me. I felt like that was a little bit of that stat. Like you can make up a stat to back up whatever you want. He was the first rookie to take a shit, brush his teeth, hit a double, why do and you feel the need to do this? To, why are you poo-pooing on Jonathan India? Why I'm not you, poo-pooing on Jonathan India at all. Why are you poo-pooing I'm just saying, on Jonathan India right now? I feel like sometimes as baseball people, we find stats to justify our opinions. And that may have been one of those stats that you just found well, to justify. He's really good. Take it up with the Twitter world. I know. And that's why I love Twitter. I told you before. I 3.7 more. Stop your poo-pooing. Stop He's your poo-pooing. Win. 3.7 more. Go, Maddie. Have you ever heard of the Thaddeus Young stat in the NBA? No. What is it? <laughs> Players with 800 games averaging 13.5 points, 5.9 rebounds, 1.4 steals, 49% field goal percentage, 30% three-point field goal percentage. So it's the average player? No, five guys. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Thaddeus Young. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. There's got to be one of those for me. Can you find, can you have everybody at at John Boy Media researching what we could possibly find? We need a Thaddeus Moylan stat. Okay, Peter, repeat after me. It's not about me. I, Peter Moylan. I will not poo-poo any more of your things, Chelsea. I'm I apologize. Sorry. I, Peter Moylan, apologize to Jonathan India for poo-pooing on him today. I, Peter Moylan, love Jonathan India, first of all. Second of all, I also was not poo-pooing on Jonathan India. I was just saying You're as general, <laughs> we like to make stats that justify our opinions. Jonathan India is going to win Rookie of the Year. (laughs) I'm just saying you could have found plenty of stats that didn't involve the one you just read out. Okay. Jonathan India is one. Peter. Yes. Where are you at right now? In my house. Trevor Rogers. Oh. (laughs) I don't know. He hasn't gone more than four and a third in his last four starts. His average velo has been down on all three of his pitches. It's but it's September. not like the starts aren't terrible. You know, it's like four innings, one run. And it's just like, yeah. What do so I, do with I think this? a lot of it has to do with pitch count. I think a lot of it has to do with load management, which is going to be a, a something we hear between now and the start of next season a lot because of the extended season this year. They've got nothing to play for right now. Had it, was it last year and then they were heading into the playoffs or a wildcard spot? Keep going. But right now, just get your work in. It's literally spring training again for these guys right now. They're just getting through the season, trying not to get hurt, and just setting themselves up for next year because they've got no. There's, there's no other reason for them to be playing. So where do you think he's going to come in in rookie of the year voting? If voting I happens don't, today, no, I think he'll probably finish second. Oh, okay. Because the body of works there. It's not the rookie of the last two weeks. It's the rookie of the year. So. Yeah. So. I love that. Can you write that down, by the way? That's, that's a T-shirt. It's not a rookie of the last two weeks. It's a rookie of the year. Um, so Trevor Rogers, you know about his season. He was phenomenal at the beginning. He had some family, some really serious family stuff happened in the middle where he missed a lot of time. But right now, 7-7, seven and seven, 271 ERA in 23 games, 3.2 war. And Pete, yes, the most innings he's ever pitched in his career is 136 in 2019 between two levels of minor league ball. And he's at 122 and two thirds right now. So 
he might not even hit, you know, like a career high in innings this year. So that's Trevor Rogers. Jonathan India has currently taken the crown from him. Trevor Rogers' teammate, Jazz Chisholm, um, is out of the out of the race. We still love our king. Tristan McKenzie called Jazz out hmm. and literally said he was asked who is on his bucket list for him to face. And he literally said Jazz Chisholm because he talks a lot of smack and I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> Boom! Tristan McKenzie and Jazz Chisholm may or may not have beef. I think it's so, all for the love of the game and I'm all here for it. Yeah. Um, Ion Anderson hasn't been great since he came back from injury. He's been okay, Kelsey. Yeah, but okay. he hasn't been great for him, no. for Ian Anderson, who is a great pitcher. Correct. But I did see last two starts, nine Ks, seven Ks, Correct. and that Correct. was a concern for you. Well, yeah, he just didn't punch in. Not so much a concern. He went into Colorado for the first time. You know, people put too much on that sometimes, but I think it's real. And he didn't punch anybody out for two starts. So people were kind of like, hold on. And then he went five innings and punched that nine. And it was like, okay, he's back. And he just looks more normal. It's just part of the yeah. recovery from injury, getting, getting, getting reps, getting numbers, getting pitches in, getting your pitch count up. Look, the Braves should make the playoffs and he's going to be a big part of it. He was a big part of it last year. And for them to do anything, I don't think they're going to win them with the World Series. I've said that before. They've dealt with too much this year for them to, to, to be an honest chance. Unless everything goes right the minute the playoffs start, they have the talent. Don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. But I just feel like there's just been so much that's gone wrong this year. So, but next year, oof. <laughs> yeah. don't worry about those lost bravos. So that's Ion Anderson, Dylan Carlson. We'll have more on him later. Patrick Wisdom, Pete. So on Sunday, he hit a three-run home run versus the Brewers. They won that game. And he now holds the Cubs' single-season record of home runs hit by a rookie, passing Chris Bryant, who had 26. Wow. But the cool thing about Patrick Wisdom is he hasn't been up in the big leagues all season. So when Bryant set the record six years ago, that was in 151 games, and I believe he had um, 26. And Patrick Wisdom, it was only his 101st game this season. So he did it in Whoa. 50 fewer games. What's his average at? 237. It's like always, it's never above 250. And I have a hard time. I know you do. I know you do. I wanted to, if you're going to hit for power and you're hitting above 250, like that's where I'm like... That's your ultimate right there? Yeah. I need your average adder above 250, I think, for me to like really. Just as a matter of conversation, I'm looking up. Okay. What do you think Nelson Cruz's lifetime batting average is? 238. 277. Wow. Nelson Cruz pod. The reason why I bring him up is because I feel like he's been probably the the most consistent power hitter that I've witnessed in my lifetime. And he started in 05. So that's why wow. he stands out to me. That's awesome. He Hall of Famer. Yeah. How many career home runs does he have? Lots. Um, 448 right now. What's his contract situation? He'll get to 500. He signs one. I think he's on Tampa. Um, I think he's got one more year on that deal. Or maybe it was a one. I don't know. He's also... Tom Brady said the other day that he's going to play until he's 50. Nelson Cruz is 41 and 81 days. So he might play until he's 45. He might end up with five, 600 home runs. He's 41? 
Yes, Kelsey. That's what I'm saying. He's 41 years old and he's been doing he's he's hit another 31 homers this year. What the heck? The guy's incredible. The guy is absolutely incredible. He hits two times a day in the offseason. Let's play the game that they play on talking baseball. And y'all guess his career earnings. I have it up. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and say that he has probably made 05 to 21. <laughs> A hundred and eighty million dollars. Okay, Maddie. One eighty-one. The correct oh, number right. that we were looking for was one hundred and twenty-four million. So we're both wrong. Okay. Yeah. He might get to one eighty though. If he gets, he'll sign three twenty million dollar deals at you age 42, think, 43, and you 45. think people are still going to be paying him twenty million at those at those ages? Kelsey, he's forty-one years old, and he just this year combined to hit 31 home runs, 270 batting average this year, you wouldn't pay $16 million for 35 home runs and 100 stakes every year. I mean, yeah, I get, I, if he's able At to- 280, 280, 30, and 100 every single year, not even, it's not even a question. He does it every year. He does it every year. Let me yeah. give you these home run totals. He has no drop 33, right 22, now. 29, 24, 27, 40, 44, 43, 39, 37, 41, 31, 19, wow. 24. So it's, he's worth it. Anyway, we need to move on. Shall we move Nelson on? Nelson Cruz, Okay, so that's the NL. Let's give you a quick update on the American League Rookie of the Year standings. And that is brought to you by Canadips. We told you about them for the first time last week. They have the promo code that hates Maddie and I loves Peter. The promo code is Moylan rules for whatever reason. I guess he you know left why. a bigger impact on him in Denver. Um, Took a bigger rip. They are like really, really cool people. Um, really unique company. And you're probably, you've probably been hearing about them a good bit. If you watch John boy media stuff, um, but times are changing folks. People People are changing from chewing tobacco, right? So this is a new company that's out of Humboldt County, California, and they've created a tobacco to, to, tobacco and nicotine-free dip alternative with CBD that tastes great and it works really well. Um, so it's, it's essentially a fast-acting way to consume CBD, and it has provided it now in a format where you can start to evolve your dipping habit. Also, quit dipping is effectively what they're trying to get you to do. Yeah. I did it. You can do it. They are versatile. They're effective. It's a great product. Um, and it is offering our listeners a great offer. They're so confident that you guys are going to love the dips. They want to offer you 20% off site-wide to help you power into the pros or power into your Wednesday. Um, 20% off using the promo code. What is it? Moylan rules. That should be everyone's promo code. For 20% off site-wide, they are all natural. They are spitless and are great and easy to use wherever, whenever. No tobacco, no nicotine, full flavor experience and designed for your enjoyment at 20% off with code Moylan rules. Moylan, what's your take on these? I do rule. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're incredible. 
had a couple in Colorado. They're, they're great. Great way to get CBD in your system, as, as I said. And for me, it's more about the habit, forming a habit with something other than chewing tobacco, because that yeah. was the hardest thing to kick for me was just the wanting to be doing something in my mouth all the time. And, and that was a hard, it was a hard habit to, to cut. So these guys allow you to do it without having to cut anything. Um, so that is candidates are friends. So that is going to take us into our American League Rookie of the Year race. The favorite right now is probably Randy Rosarena. He has not been doing great recently. He's hitting 167 in his last seven, uh, 226 in his last 15. But Pete, he leads all AL rookies in hits. He leads all AL rookies in runs. And he leads all AL rookies in steals while also putting up power, which we know hasn't been probably as overpowering as we thought he'd be this season, but he's still 19 home runs at in 269. Adolis has got no chance. Adolis has got no chance. Is that Adolis has no chance. He had a big game this week, but he's, he has slowed down so much on power, which was like his calling card. I mean, we've looked up the numbers between the first half and the second half before, but he's, he's at 30 home runs, which is a, great amount of home runs but he's he was sitting at 27 for like a month but he has 83 rbi no he doesn't he does not have 83 he has 82 rbi you were way off well i was actually looking at ryan mountcastle which is very ironic because both adolis garcia and ryan mountcastle have 30 home runs and 80 and 82 rbis Art adolis has 82 rbi ryan mountcastle has 83 rbi what's their war Ryan Mountcastle, I don't have his war written down here. It was yesterday, 1.1, wasn't it? 1.2 now. Adolis Garcia is 3.4. But Adolis Garcia is hitting 245, 244. Ryan Mountcastle is hitting 263. So he's essentially beating Adolis Garcia in every offensive number. Um, Adolis Garcia has helped defensively as well, but offensively he's slowed down and Ryan Mountcastle is picking up. First time in team history, an oral Oriole rookie hits 30 home runs in a season. Matt, did you say they voted today on that? I didn't say that. Or if they voted today, you said. I don't remember saying any of this, but. <laughs> I have a Matty doll in the corner. Maybe it was the Matty doll that was just speaking to me. Oh, yeah. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. Wait, that's so interesting, though, because I feel like we've been putting Adolis Garcia in at second place pretty much yeah. this whole time. And we hadn't been talking about Ryan Mountcastle until recently. And then you compare their numbers and Ryan Mountcastle is better offensively than Adolis Garcia by a little, but he's better. Also in August, Ryan Mountcastle hit 357 with eight home runs. He had recently five home runs in 10 games. Like he's. But his war is two whole points below. His. I know. How does that happen? Defense. I don't understand how those numbers can be so comparable and the war be that and the war off. be so far off. And what yeah. am I missing, Maddie? There's probably a few things that make Adolis Garcia more valuable in war than Ryan Mountcastle. Base running runs. Adolis Garcia has more steals than Ryan Mountcastle. Okay. Just according to fan graphs, Ryan Mountcastle is the 14th worst defender in MLB this season. Hence why no. his war sucks. I hate that for him. So if he was a DH, would his war be better? I don't know. I'm assuming yes. Because he, he gets negative war points based on his defense as opposed to just zero? Wow. I'm so smart. Yeah, you are. 
Those are probably our top three. So congratulations to Ryan Mountcastle. Um, Luis Garcia, which the one thing that I thought was interesting about him this week was at home, dude has a 219 ERA at Minute Maid Park and on the road, a 461 ERA. So he's much better at home. He's kind of living at the five innings pitched mark right now. Uh, 337 ERA, 2.54. War. Leading all rookies in innings pitched and wins. I do have a trivia question. Luis sure. Garcia is second in strikeouts among rookies to? Jimenez Clase. Casey Mize. Tarek Scooball, his mm. teammate. Uh, yeah, so that's Luis Garcia. Um, Akil Badu, we love him. He did lead off the game on Friday with a home run. He had a rest day on Sunday. Saturday, he went two for four. Our guy is hitting 257 with 13 bombs, 50 RBI, and 14 stolen bases. I kind of into that. Casey Mize is still being held to around three innings pitch for the rest of his starts this season. Uh, his last start, he kind of, his last two starts, two innings pitched, three runs, three innings pitched, one run. He's starting on Wednesday versus the White Sox, but he's out of contention now just because of the innings limit. But he's someone who has put together a really good season. So Luis Garcia has not gone above 90 pitches since July 30th. Okay. He's been under 90 pitches every single start. That's so they're just being count. conservative with him. That's his count for the year. I, yeah, think. I mean, he leads, like I said, he leads all rookies in innings pitch. So, I mean, it makes sense that they're managing him and they're, yeah. I'm assuming and confident that they're going to want him in October. Cause as I've said before, the Astros will be in the ALCS. He had back-to-back -back starts in May and June, May, May, end of May, start of June, where he went 100 and 106 pitches. And then since then he literally hasn't gone above. So they've, they must've said, okay. He might have, they might have seen some, some signs of tiring or something and the numbers didn't, didn't add up. And uh, they just said, pump the brakes a little bit. Makes sense. So, that's I like what, it. so I guess Luis Garcia, Casey Mize, both being limited. Eric Koss, just have to give him a shout out while we're talking about Tigers. Hit another home run on Sat Sunday. So he now has 22 on the season. He's struggling a bit defensively behind the plate right now, but good for Eric Koss. 22 come. home runs. Got to give him a shout out. Alec Manoa. I don't know if I mentioned him two weeks ago. Please don't mention too much about him. Why? Because he's on part of my top 10. Oh, okay. Never mind. We'll talk about Alec Manoa later. Besides, uh, did you see his interview with Pitchy Ninja and his idea for what he thinks Ump should do instead of getting auto ro robots, robot Umps? He says that he thinks Umps should wear a shield on their mask that reflects the little box over the plate that we see watching on TV, the strike zone. So he said, it's like a happy medium between us not using robot umps, but also giving them an electronic idea of where the strike zone is. And he was like, you know, if they still want to screw players over, then like, we know you just did it, but like, you can still do that. We can't stop you. That was his idea. But they shouldn't be able to do that. That's the point. Like there shouldn't be any personal feelings involved in decisions when it comes to strikes and balls or outs and not out his idea was more just this would give instead of having robot umps this would give the robot umps i mean the regular umpires like more information you're just trying to keep him employed i think he still wants like the human element of the game but he wants the right. strike zone to be more consistent so he just wants to assist the umpires in finding the correct strike zone this is a wild card for our guy peter moylan Emmanuel Class A for the Indians. 
Mm. On the season, 141 ERA in 65 games. He has a 2.6 wars. If you look at August and September for Emmanuel Classe, he's given up one run, I believe. Yes, one run in those two months. He had a zero ERA in the month of August. He's 10 for 10 and saves to save opportunities in August and September. That's a pretty good year for a reliever. I just, I don't want to, I don't know that I can, I don't, I want to know what the voters are thinking and how they're evaluating so that I can make a correct determination as who I think will win rookie of the year. Because I think it's any, one of those four guys could potentially walk away with it and I'd go, Hmm. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be mad if I'm I'm not going to be pissed off if one guy doesn't win. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's not that year where I'm like, oh no, it's gotta be him. Yeah. I, I'd be happy with any of those guys because there's a justification as to why all of them should win. Peter's putting Emmanuel Classe in that top four, and I don't blame him. He's putting together a great season, especially in the back end of the season. Mm-hmm. He pitches for the Indians, if you don't know. Garrett Whitlock for the Red Sox having a rough September, pretty rough September for him. His ERA is almost a two, which I know is still phenomenal, but it's gone up substantially for him since September 1st. Um, are y'all ready to get into top 10 prospects? Let's get the energy up a little bit. Come on, let's do this thing. Woo-hoo! I've only got four. Actually, I've got five, but mine are going to be nice and quick. So Okay. Top 10 prospects says. are brought to you by... Greg Morris cards. You've heard us talk about them a lot recently and uh, for very good reason. Like we've told you in the past, right now, every company is trying to sell you something, but they're actually trying to put money in your pocket for my girls who listen. It's like a, like a really nice version of Plato's closet, but for cards. Um, but this is a lot nicer. Uh, but they want to buy your old sports card collections um, from whenever. So they're, they're specifically looking for anything vintage, which means pre 1980s or even older than that pre-war cards, 1930s, tobacco cards, 19th century cards. If it looks old, they want it, but they're also taking modern cards too, especially ones that have been graded by a third party. They're looking for baseball, basketball, football, or hockey cards. Um, So it's just a way for you to turn that old cardboard into some cash money, money. Um, So to find out more, and how to sell Greg Morris your sports cards collection, you can go to gregmorriscards.com. You fill out the form there and someone will get back to you on how they can give you cash for your old sports cards. Um, They're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all over social media. So you can look them up on there. Peter, do you want to start or do you want me to? I would love you to start, Kelsey, because you look like a movie star right now and you may as well start. Movies, thank you. You're so kind. Ellie's coming up. My first guy is Alec Thomas. Okay. Diamondbacks, number three prospect. He's in AAA. He's an outfielder. He was drafted in 2018 in the second round out of high school by the Diamondbacks. We've not spoken about him before, have we? No. He is the son of former minor league outfielder and current White Sox director of strength and conditioning. And that is Alan Thomas. So he has been mm. around the game since he was a kid. and Good chance he's in pretty good physical condition, I would imagine. Yeah. The reason we're talking about him is because he hit four straight games with a home run this week. We love that. We love that for him. Um, he has Right now he has a five-game hit streak, a four-game multi-hit streak, hits an eight of his last nine. Seven of those nine games are multi-hit games. So he is on a stretch right now. But he started the season in double-A. 
and he played 72 games where he hit 283 with 10 home runs and 41 RBI. He played in the Futures game. Um, he was then promoted to AAA in August, where he's played 26 games and is hitting 336 with seven home runs and 15 RBI. Okay. If you look at his career minor league numbers, 2018 in rookie ball, he hit 333 in 56 games. 2019, he played in low A and high A and hit 300 in 114 games. 2020, he was at the alt training site. And this year, between the two levels, he's hitting 298 with 17 home runs and 56 RBI, but he's doing better in AAA right now. It's a baseball player. Yeah, and he just has, he grew up around it and his dad's still in it. Like, it's just, that's a guy that I think we need to be aware of. But yeah, he's the mm -hmm. Diamondbacks number three prospect. Alec with a K. Another one. It's two Alex with a K in today's segment. Oh, Goodness gracious. Now, Maddie, you might have to help me out with this one, but I'm going to go ahead and just take a crack at it and go. It's Norge, Norge yep. Vera. Okay. I think so. Born 6-1-2000. And for those of you playing at home, that's the same year as my oldest daughter. Good Lord. He's out of Santiago de Cuba. He signed in February out of Cuba, and he's had his first taste of professional baseball. Oh, so this is his first year? First year. He's in the, okay. over in the Dominican Summer League. Okay. So we don't just stay in America. We're in the no, Dominican right now, ladies wild. and gentlemen. We're international. No one else is going to give attention to this kid, but he needs it, okay? okay? To say he's comfortable is an understatement. He started seven games. He's not a traditional. I think he's more of an opener slash. He's gone 15 innings, given up five hits, zero earned one runs, and 27 strikeouts. And how many innings? In 15 15? innings, yes. Wow. So let me just run off some numbers. He has a 0 0.98 batting average against, a 0 0.057 whip, a 15.51 K to walk ratio, or K per nine ratio, and a 0.281 OPS against. Wow. So that's some of the better numbers that I've seen out of anyone this year. And he's doing it in the Dominican Summer League. So shout out to you. Norge Vera out of Cuba. Who did you say he plays for? Didn't. Oh. Might have uh, missed that. White part, Sox organization. White Sox, of course. I mean, uh, where, okay. where all Cubans go. They've got they've basically got a big league team full of Cubans. It's great. I'm going to mispronounce this name, but Maddie will know how to say it. Everson Pierria. Pereira. Pereira. For the Yankees, he's the Yankees' number 13 overall prospect. He's an IA. He's an outfielder. He started 2021 in rookie ball. He's been promoted twice this season, so he's now in high A. He has eight home runs in his last 11 games. He has 20 RBI in that 11-game stretch as well. Wow. His ETA is 2023, Pete. This was a guy who was rumored to be in the Joey Gallo trade, but he wasn't. Mm -hmm. So, Matty, right. when... When his name was getting tossed around in there, what's like a Yankees fans like perspective of him as a prospect? Like were people bummed or are they not emotionally attached to him yet since he's hasn't been around too, too long? I don't think that there's a ton of emotional attachment. Uh, the Yankees and prospects almost never make it to the MLB. So okay. how does it, let me ask you, like, let me, when was the last, is Aaron Judge, did Aaron Judge come up from the system? Yeah. Did, did Gardner come up through the system? Yeah. Are they the last two? Like Jeter, I guess? Gary Sanchez, Glaber. Okay. There's a number of pitchers, Severino, but 
I mean, I remember there's an interview with Brett Gardner and he was like, yeah, I thought there was, I thought I was just a trade piece. And now he has a, you know, 15 year MLB or Yankee career. But that's interesting. You say that because when I was making my decision to sign with the Braves, it was a choice between the Braves or the Red Sox. And I looked and it was 2006, right? So 2005 was the year of the baby Braves, the year where they called up everyone and anyone and they still won the division and the Red Sox would effectively just cherry pick the best players from around the league and go and make the team like the Yankees. So when I was making my decision to sign back out of the classic, that was one of the major reasons why I signed with the Braves. Juicy. Juicy. So just in general, I don't think the average Yankee fan is very attached to too many prospects. Okay. But that's fair. I think a lot of prospects are outperforming what was expected this season. And I think some prospects are hitting Yankee fans radar. Okay. Anthony Volpe's and he probably is because he, I mean, he yep. only had three games in rookie ball. He had 375. He had 19 games in low A. He hit 361. He hasn't been in low A. He hasn't been doing as good in high A, but like I just said, eight home runs in his last 11. So he's going off now. Next. Brennan Davis, 21 years old, 2018 second round pick out of an Arizona high school with the Iowa Cubs in AAA right now. Start of the year in high A, by the way. He was the Futures Game MVP for those that didn't just listen to Maddie seven seconds ago. Uh, Start of the year in high A, as I said, with a 1.013 OPS, went to double A where he decided to hit 13 tanks. Okay. Gets promoted to triple A. His first two ABs, he goes deep. He's currently hitting 417 with three home runs in 24 at bats, and that's good enough for a 1.315 OPS. When did AAA become not the old man league, by the way? Because, like, he's 21 years old and he's in AAA. Like, where? So, what? We just got eight, 18 year olds in AA and then 13 year olds in rookie ball now? Yeah. Game's changed, Kels. Yeah. Game's changed. Next. Okay. Bobby Dahlbeck. Bobby Dahlbeck for the Red Sox. You know this name. He's been up all season. It's my guy. Five home runs in his last eight games. A 1.1 OPS in the second half. It's a 1.100. So I don't think I need to say. 1100. Okay. Now we're going back to that because you got away from that the last month after telling me that's how you say it. I'm going to understand either way you say it. And so are most of our viewers, listeners. I haven't seen anybody getting into that conversation yet. Family. You guys are family. So, but the the biggest thing to know about Bobby Dahlbeck is ever since the all-star break, he has gone off and people in Boston who like, Liked him at him the off. end of the year, but weren't crazy about him. Wrote him Love off. Everybody him wrote him off. Right now. So he's second in MLB behind Bryce Harper for OPS since July 30th. Like I said, insane since the trade deadline. Um, the OPS in the second half on the season, he's hitting 245 with 23 home runs, but 76 RBI, which is a really nice number. If you look at his OPS versus lefties in September 1.6 he's hitting 471 against the lefties so he's going off versus lefties right now and he hit a home run on Friday night that moved him ahead of Carlton Fisk 
and Jim Rice for most home runs in a single season by a Red Sox rookie. Yeah, he's just been really good in the second half and has changed everybody's opinion about him. So was he obviously got off to a hot, hot start, hot, hot start. Was his middle that bad that, I mean, he's got a 0.5 war. I don't know how to measure war anymore. Yeah, war is so confusing to me, but that's all I have on Bobby Dahlbeck. But yeah, I mean, this is a name that we, like Peter said, kind of wrote off at the beginning of the year, but erased yeah. the write-off. If you're a 109 OPS plus and you're a rookie and you've been through what you've been through this year and you're, you're come out the other end and you're, I think he's set up pretty good for a good year next year, honestly. Yeah. Cause he doesn't have to deal with it. He knows how to deal with bullshit now. Like, it's mm -hmm. not like it. He knows how to deal with failure. Well, like a Kellenek man. Like it, look at what, look at what Kellenek did when he went back down. Yeah. Your turn. Alec Manoa. I'm going to be real quick on him. Cause this is just basically the excuse for me to talk about the blue Jays. Okay. Uh, zero run runs against the Rays last year, who are of course the Battlestar Galactica that can beat last anyone. year or last start. Last start okay. all year. Can, I was like, dang, did he own them last year? Can you blurt out my mouth and have it go year we, uh, last week in, over the year? Nope. Thanks, man. Um, we all know what he did last week. I want to talk. He's a future ace, by the way. 93 hits in 65 innings this year. 17 starts, 93 innings. He's only given up 65 hits. And 102 Ks. And 102 Ks. He's a future ace. I am confident he's going to be a future race but i don't understand where's there's like you only give up 65 hits in in 93 innings you should have way better numbers than you have so i don't know what's happening but look at their team springer simeon guerrero hernandez bachette guriel okay then you go to their rotation hey you're mm -hmm. sleeping on my texas Okay, just because you went to school with him, he's hitting 220. He's doing okay. Okay, fine. He's in their eight hole. Okay. I was just going with the elite. He's not elite. Fine. Thank you. The rotation. Stephen Matz, Reclamation Project. He's 13 and 7 with a 384 this year. Hung Ching Ryu is the weak link right now. You got Robbie That's Ray, crazy. who's potentially a, a Cy Young candidate, and Jose Berrios, who can be Should as be good better. as anyone. Yeah. So I guess they're a couple of bullpen arms short of, of but they can out hit that. We miss Julia Merriweather. Right. So look. And, oh my gosh, who was their closer that they lost in like the first week of the season? Uh, Yates. No. Yes. Hmm. Kirby Yates. They lost Julia. They had Julia Merriweather for like two weeks, but they lost yeah. Kirby Yates like the first week of the season. Right. Yeah. Yes. Dang. Yeah, and they're doing this without Kevin Biggio, and they're doing yeah. without Kevin. He's Biggio. rehabbing, exactly. I think. But Pete Manoa, like you said, eight shutty, no walks, ten yeah. Ks, right? Versus the Rays, and he's pitching against them again. Which I don't know if that's good or bad for him on Tuesday, but he had success about him before. We'll find out. That, that was uh, Alec Manoa. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Kyle Stowers for the Orioles. He's in AAA. He's an outfielder. He started 2021 in high A. He's been promoted twice. He's now in AAA. On the season combined between those three levels, he's hitting 276 with 27 home run and 81 RBI. That, Pete, like that's a line that I look at. Like I told you, like if you're going to hit for power and be hitting above 250, that yeah. to me, like yeah. heck yeah, yeah. Um, especially with 81 RBI. He is in AAA now. Like I said, he's played 13 games there. And over a five-game span, he hit three home runs. So he got into a bit of a power stroke. 
He had a walk-off RBI single on Saturday in the 10th inning. What's interesting about him is he went to Stanford and he never hit more than 10 home runs in a season at Stanford. I totally get that there are fewer games in college, like a significant amount, but I, I guess I probably need to freshen up on like what a good power season is in college baseball. Hmm. But like the fact that he didn't hit more than 10 in a season and he hit 27 now and he's still going sick. He's on a five game hit streak. That's Kyle Stowers. Very nice. Orioles. This is, this is a fun one. Mm. Harry Ford. Yes. AKA yes. Harrison Michael Ford. Yes. From Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. AKA Seattle Mariners first round 12th pick overall. Yes. What a name, by the way. Um, so rookie ball kids need love too. I always say that. They're just family and friends games. Okay. So for those that have never been to a rookie league game, it's effectively like showing up to an organized, a very organized game of pickup baseball. Is it like <laughs> an no independent ball game? And it's worse. No, I mean, independent balls. They well, because of the, 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 the rookie ball is in the spring training complex. So where all the four uh, diamonds are all like, okay. so there's just stuff going all over the place and no yeah. one's really paying attention, but everyone's charting. And then they've got kids running off chasing flight. It's not baseball. Yeah. Like everybody gets, a, everybody gets a, a task during the game if you're not playing. So it's like, ugh, it's, yeah. it sucks. Anyway, rookie ball. He was on September 6th. He was hitting 226. Okay. And the guys the other day talked about who's going to have a good two weeks and turn the season around or maybe make a name for themselves or maybe, you know, those guys were. This guy finished the year hitting 291, by the way. Wow. 250 in August, 314 in September. So look for him to uh, continue to do that next year. I don't know that he'll be in rookie ball next year, but he'll continue to do that next year. But, yeah. My final guy is Dylan Carlson for the St. Louis Cardinals on the season. He's hitting 258, 15 home runs, 59 RBI. But if you were paying attention to baseball this weekend, you know, the Cardinals and the Padres had a very crucial series this weekend fighting for that second spot in the wild card um, in the NL Carlson Carlson stepped up to the plate. Friday, game one of the series, I believe. Two home run game, including a grand slam. So he went two for four, two runs scored, two home runs, five RBI. Homered from both sides of the plate. We love to see that. It was his first multi-home run game of his career. His second career grand slam. First career curtain call at Bush Stadium, which was Mm. probably magical because as we discussed last week, the environment at Bush Stadium is amazing. Um, and on Saturday, he had an incredible outfield assist to give him his eighth on the season. I think that's like third in the NL. And then on Sunday, first pitch of the game, Rob Tatis of extra innings, just completely face planting into the wall. I don't know if he face planted, but into the wall, made an amazing catch. And that was on the first pitch of the game. So he just had like all three games, like a very big contribution. The Cardinals also have won eight straight. They currently hold the second wild card spot in the NL, um, and they're up by three games. Dylan Carlson stepped up when it mattered, folks. Outstanding. He did make that sick. He made a couple of good defensive plays, actually. He's going to be a good player. Yeah. Not for nothing. Last guy for me. Quick shout out to Josh Smith, friend of the pod. Just to just to touch on his season for those of you that haven't listened to any of our shows. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Josh Smith has basically gone from not basically he's gone from a ball. 
in Tampa with the Yankees to double A in Texas with the Rangers. And he managed to hit two bombs this week. Two, Matty, you missed word. You said two go-ahead bombs. The first one was elite, like it was in the first inning. So technically, yes, it was a go-ahead home run. But I mean, come yeah, on, bro. It was the winning run. Come on, bro. It wasn't though. Because he hit another one, it tied it up. It was in the first inning. He said, "Oh, go ahead, home run." It was the first inning. It was zero zero. Uh, but you kind of, you kind of. I was like, two go ahead homers. What are you doing in the ninth and the tenth? No, no, he did in the first and the fifth, Maddie. We still love Josh Smith. I gas our guys up. Uh, okay, so yeah. listen. But I wanted to just. So he's doing it at all levels. He hit three thirty three at Tampa. He hit two ninety five at Hickory. He hit 320 at Hudson Valley and he's hitting 294 at Frisco. So wait, he got promoted to AAA? No, he's in double A, Frisco. They moved their Frisco to double A because of all the uh, difference with the 40 teams and okay, okay, real okay. lines. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, um, but no, he's uh so yeah, he's keep keep doing it, buddy. We love buddy. that for Josh Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one more and Claire. Comment. Yeah, and Claire. I had one more comment to make kind of about Dylan Carlson. That was something that I saw on Twitter that painted a a good picture for me. I don't know how reliable this is because this was just a random Cardinals fan on Twitter, (laughs) but they said Dylan Carlson is who everybody thinks Jonathan India is. And I'm not taking anything away from Jonathan India, but apparently they have very similar player profiles. So if you've heard us talk a lot about Jonathan India and not as much about Dylan Carlson, there's a comp kind of. Okay, you hate that comp? I'm looking that up. Look it up. While you look that up, let's talk a little bit about injuries because we had a very sad injury with Wander Franco. He is in the middle of that historic on base streak. He's breaking just records of names of people that you would just think you would never see their record broken. Um, But he's on the IL with the right hamstring strain, which I hate that it's a hamstring on Friday. He did run on the outfield turf. He's eligible to come off on Tuesday, but Kevin cash has kind of alluded to it. Like they don't really think he's going to be ready to come off of the IL right when he's eligible, but they do think that he'll probably be back for the Miami series this weekend. Good. Um, so that's wonder Franco. Maddie, do you want me to say our second injury or do you have what you want to say? Oh no, I have what I want to say. Okay. Uh Oh, Jonathan India leads in every single category except one, and that okay. one is at-bats. So that means in less at-bats, Jonathan India has done way more than Dylan Carlson. Who Both great. I'm not saying that they're not both great. I but, think the Twitter person was just comparing their skill sets, both top-of-the-order guys, I don't know, both like mm. on-base guys. Hugh Jackman and I are both Australian, but... I would say that he's got a much better singing voice than me. What about you and Liam? Liam who? Hendrix? Hendrix. I'm number one all day long. Um, Okay. One more injury to talk to, to talk about is Andrew Vaughn, um, who was placed on the 10 day IL with lower back inflammation. It's retroactive to September 10th. So he might be, he's eligible to return before this podcast airs. So maybe he'll be back. Maybe he won't, but he has slowed down significantly recently and they're hoping that this IL that it, a lot of it had to do with that. He hurt his back, which would obviously have a big piece in hitting, but there was a article on Cal sports report. And they said, as of August 21st, Andrew Vaughn was batting 263 with 15 home runs and 42 RBIs over 107 games since then in 13 games, he was just four for 50. So he was batting 
0.080080 with no extra base hits and only three more RBIs. I don't know what that means, but yeah, he hasn't played since September 9th. His, his batting average has dropped. His extra base hit ability had dropped. So they're hoping this IL stint heals it for him. Pita, what Yo. is our Aussie lingo today? Hold on. just re- So the White Sox are going to, the what? Did they not put eliminated on the standings anymore because it was going to hurt fans' feelings? Is that why they decided not to do that? Did they used to mark that? They used to mark eliminated so you could see who still had a oh, chance. Dang. And now it's just got their how many games behind they are. Baltimore's 44 and a half games behind. That's that's more embarrassing than just having that they're eliminated on there. Anyway, um, I want to know everyone's predictions as to the final couple of playoff spots, wildcard spots, please. Okay. In the National League, it's obviously going to be either one of the Dodgers or San Fran. Yeah, duh. And, but St. Louis is going to get there, or Cincinnati, you think? I'm thinking St. Louis. They're hot, hot right now. Okay. Eight straight. And what do you got in the AL? Anybody? I want to, I, and I know that everybody like, down to Seattle has a chance. I know that as a company, we want to see the Yankees in the wild card race, we want to see them in the playoffs. I want to see uh, the Blue Jays in October so badly. I just like want to see what that now that they have a guy like Springer who just has been there and you pair that with the season Robbie Ray is having. And then with all of the young talent, Vladdy, triple crown. I'm, it's, I would love to see them in October, but I also know that that's me wishing against the Yankees, which is not. It's not wishing against anyone. It's just wishing for something opposite. Okay. <laughs> You don't have to root against someone. You can just root for something else. Okay. Um, so I'm with you, though. I think that young Boston team could be really fun, that young Toronto team in playoffs. Wow, I didn't realize Boston was only up by one game in the wild card race, though. So both spots yep. are still kind of up for grabs. Dang. They are for whoever gets to the playoffs is for really good baseball teams. Yeah. Especially if it's the Blue Jays. Yeah. You got Ozzy Lingo for us, or did you have more questions? No, I do. I do. Um, okay. So I'm going to preface it. No, I'm not. Prego. Pasta sauce. That would be the That's obvious literally guess. a brand in America of pasta sauce. I know. That's not what it is, though. Okay. I take it back. Um, I would have said a prego. If can I you was give us a say. clue? <laughs> um, it is a shortened version of the real word. Pregnant. Didn't need that clue. I know. Wait, that's actually the answer? Yes. That's not lingo. We say prego in Atlanta. I mean, in Atlanta, in America. Do you really? Do you say gyno, though, when you're talking about gynecologist? Yeah. Do you really? You're going to the gyno. She's prego. I mean, like. I thought that was straight Aussie slang. I feel like you use the term prego between the ages of, like, 13 and, like, 23. I don't think that, like, after 23, you're using the term prego. It's not offensive or anything. It's just kind of like. I'm going to do another one then. Okay. Yeah, that's not Aussie lingo. I need to find something that's good then. Buckley's. Buckley's? You've got Buckley's. The giggles. You've got giggles. (laughs) Sneakers. Sneakers. No. It means no chance. I don't know. Oh, I like that one. I don't know why it means that, but it means you have no chance. You got Buckley's. 
you got Buckley's. <gasps> oh, I like that one a lot. That was a really? good one, Pete. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm glad we uh, didn't Congrats have to restart on the that. first one that I did. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. You got Buckley's. You got Buckley's. Sick. Okay. Well, hopefully you guys got an information overload because last week, since we had our respect king, Tyler Stevenson on, we didn't get to um, any of the rookie of the year or anything. So you got info overload today. We we'll have do. like two weeks left of the regular season. This is wild. Um, but we're going to keep doing this through the postseason, baby, and keeping you posted on our dudes. So thank you guys. Showing off my mic arm, just in case anyone yeah. was wondering. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, for listening. We love you so much. Maddie kills our social media. If you haven't found us on there yet on Twitter and Instagram, also like um, any, I don't, I don't know. I don't get to see like how our numbers work from this Maddie, but like, do like reviews help or like ratings help or like what? So someone was telling me that we have to try and get people to rate and review and comment and like, Apparently that is what makes the, I don't know. I just want people listening. I just want people to listen and I want people to enjoy what we're saying. Okay. Uh, well, you heard it there from Peter Moylan, but if you do want to do that stuff, you totally can. Um, We'd like it if you did. We love y'all and we hope that you have a great week folks and enjoy some good baseball farm on farm often. Y'all are the best. We love y'all. Peace.